0: For those of you that don't know, and many of you have been to a couple of my classes, but we teach this every first Thursday of every month. Um, We try to pick a topic that will be beneficial to the community in marketing and sales. Um, I think for most that have come to this class, they've been at kind of either the beginning or the mid stages of their business. And so I try to. I try to help people make that next leap, whether that's you've got a side hustle and you're trying to make it into a full-time gig or you've got a full-time gig and you're trying to take your sales to the next level so that you can hire that first employee or pay off that boat or whatever it is you're trying to do. My goal is to help you get past that gap or that leap. And so today, we're gonna talk about Uh, newsletters. We're going to talk about text messaging. We're going to talk a little bit about Facebook messaging. We're also going to finish up our our discussion on uh, search engine optimization. And that was what we didn't get to uh, last month. We're going to do that just for a minute. But before we do that, (coughs) I want to talk about a couple of things. And there's going to be some themes, and especially for 2018, that are going to be really important. And Um, I'm going to be talking about a lot in the different groups that I speak to and teach with and and consult with, because I think it's vitally important. The first thing is, and this is kind of a buzzword right now, but we need to figure out how we're going to build our tribe. Who knows what I'm talking about there? What does that word mean? Susie.
1: You can contact on a regular basis and give them information about sales or
0: other sure. newsletter, that type of stuff. Yeah, because I can send out my message to anybody, right? Like I could buy a list or I could scalp some email addresses or I could download my Facebook contact of which I know like, like 0.5% of them. You know what I mean? I don't know any of the rest of them. I could download, I could send them a message. But what's the likelihood that they're going to respond to me? Not very. Not very, right? Why? Why not? They're not committed. What if my offer is really amazing? Are they going to respond to me? Still, probably not, right? I read this quote last night. I think uh, Tim Ferriss posted or something. It says uh, the uh, the best opp. Let's see. The greatest opportunities never have great opportunity in the headline, right? So if I get an email that says this is a great opportunity, chances are it's not really that good of an opportunity. And so unless I have a group of people that I'm going to nurture, that I'm going to uh, invest in, that I'm going to be um, wanting their success as much as I want my success, I'm not going to be able to build that tribe. Now, Ashley and I had a discussion right before the meeting started. And I think they have done a fantastic job of building their tribe. So can you just give us the Cliff Notes version of what you've done? This last year, not give away any secrets, but okay. but kind of the culmination to now we're in December, the end of 2017.
2: So we just started <coughs> our business in August, full blown. Um we're a service plumbing company. And we I hit Facebook really hard. I uh, my husband isn't on Facebook, and I hit social media really hard. And we started with nothing. <coughs> and um so our in essence, our business was starting from nothing, yep. and we had to build our brand recognition. Um, and we have now 370 followers. And I just did a giveaway, and I ran it for two days it was birthday. And so I just did a quick giveaway of two Visa gift cards for yep. 50 bucks each, and I had almost 10,000 people see it. And I only used four dollars to boost my post, and I took the boost off because it wasn't doing anything. I hit blog <coughs> shops, and I people shared it. I had probably eighty-three shares, and um, and it did really well. And I hit it in just the Cedar area, so you think about um, ten thousand people almost in just the Cedar area. That's yeah. you know almost ten yeah.
0: percent of
2: the population in Cedar Saw, which is $100, bucks, that is the
0: cheapest form of advertisement. For sure, right. yeah. You know what I love about this scenario is if we st- strip out everything, it's a plumbing company, right? Yeah. A plumber is commoditized, right? It's a commoditized business, meaning that, that I can open the phone book. Do I even have a phone book? I don't even know. I could get on Google, and I could type in plumber, and there's going to be a whole list of plumbers, right? And so, <laughs> I get the question all the time from companies like yours. Say, I, I, I can't make any dif- differentiation. I can't really set myself apart because the only thing I, <coughs> excuse me, I can only set myself apart on is quality or price, right? Because I'm commoditized. And so, I think you've done a fantastic job. Now, let's let's be, you know, let's be real here. That ten thousand people aren't all part of your tribe, right? Um, and
2: I'd probably say a few of our customers. That um, we encourage our customers to include a service call. We encourage mm-hmm. them to uh, leave us a comment on our Facebook page or review or Google. And a few of them participated. But to me, it was more about getting it so that when I share posts, people it go, it's going through people's news feeds. Yeah. And people are recognizing our brand. So when they do have a service call, they're like, Oh, I've seen that before. Yeah. And so it's something that like they recognize our logo, and it's got, for me, it was more about logo recognition than. Yeah gaining people. Totally. Know and yeah. it's helping. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, I saw Facebook, or I saw Google, or right. different things like that. And it takes time, and I'm kind of impatient, so it's taking a lot longer than I wanted. it yeah. to, but...
0: Right. But you started in August. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, let's be real.
2: Yeah, and we're doing pretty good. Yeah. I mean, we're doing really good for just starting in August, but I think people undervalue Facebook, um, and... You have to know Facebook and Google are just... That's what I invest all my time
0: in. Yeah. Your husband's lucky to have you. Does he know that? He doesn't pay me. Okay. (laughs) 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 Go ahead. What's that? Um, What was
3: the criteria you put around the giveaway? So I did... I can read it to you real quick. I just
2: did... It was my husband's birthday, and I just said... um, It's Dan's birthday, and today in honor of his birth, we're giving away two... $50 $50 is a gift cards in time for Christmas. So I said, all you have to do is you got three entries if you uh, like our Facebook page. And then I did one entry will be given if you like this post, and um, one entry will be given if you comment with your favorite holiday um, gift, GIF. So I found that if people can respond with like um, GIFs, then they're more likely to comment because. They get funny and entertaining, and I always like a comment. If someone comments on it, I always like it, right. and I try to comment on a few of them. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of time, and I usually do it like 1 o'clock in the middle of the night. Um, but I feel people will feel more connected to our yeah. company if I am invested in it, and if they see me responding back. Um, and you'll lose some people that like your page. Like Some people are going to be like, oh, they're not meeting where They'll just go off. We I try to do a giveaway probably more than six weeks, mm-hmm. six to eight weeks, um, and there, and I found one restaurant gift cards don't work very well. You don't get as many Visa gift cards work really well. Yeah. And um, gas cards work really well. Gift baskets. And
0: yeah, but here here's the thing that I loved, and, and a couple words you said. One of them was connection, right? Yeah. It's kind of like you're dating. These people, right? And and you've got to take them on a couple of dates. You've got to give them a cup pay them a couple compliments. You got to open the door for them, like you're dating, right? Like you're not going to ask somebody to marry you on the first date. Well, some of you maybe did, but but I didn't. It took me a little bit of time to convince my wife that I was a good idea, right? And so that's what we've got to do for our, with our customers is we have to have all these little emotional connections because <coughs> excuse me, when you like that comment and you humanize your business, you humanize your plumber, now all of a sudden you're not just a plumber, right? Now this is an actual person, that here's their here's their, their family, this is what they love, this is the things that they're into, it was his birthday, Like like there's all these little emotional strings that are attached to your customer. So when something does happen, and let's be honest, we don't need a plumber every single day, right? But when something does happen, I'm going to go into my emotional bank and think, "Okay, who do I have some kind of a connection to? And I'm going to do that before I ever likely jump on Google, open the phone book, any of those things. Right? I'm going to go to that emotional bank first because I'm going to tie those things to it. That's why we have a tremendous opportunity to have repeat customers if we treat them right the first time, because we've created that emotional connection with that customer, and we've started to build Tribe. Okay? And so the other thing you said that I loved was you do have to be patient, right? It's not something that you can just buy. You can buy it, but it never works very well, right? I deal with this all the time with a lot of my clients that are dentists and they go and they buy a practice and they buy a big group of of patients and that's the bulk of what they paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for. But unless they're super careful about the way they do it, they have a huge loss. Because those patients have no emotional connection to that new doctor. And so they feel like they've been turned out on the street, and so they've got to find a new doctor, right? And so there's a certain way that they've got to do that. Did you have a question? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I feel like we're kind
1: of struggling with, like I mean we've got a decent following on Facebook yeah. and Instagram both. Um but like we have we have a lot more responses on Instagram. Um, sure. And And we're billing, we're getting more and more likes every day. And if certain people will tag us or whatever, we'll get a huge amount of likes really quickly and that kind of stuff. Um, But unless we're running a sale, Mm -hmm. they're not transferring to
0: sales right now. And so I feel like
1: that's kind of our, like, I don't
0: know if we just need more time to build Mm a relationship with them or what the deal is. Yeah. But how do you bridge that gap? Yeah, so, so my thoughts on that is, and it's not easy, number one. Like, that, that's a difficult thing to do, especially in your industry, right? Because even though you have a really unique product, you're still in a highly commoditized industry, right? Like, like there are a lot of options for shoes, right? And so unless you give them a reason um, to be emotionally connected or passionate about your product, they're always going to default to price and a sell, right? That will always be kind of the default thing because most humans are going to respond to that when there's a sell and there's urgency, and there's a place for that. Like, like, that's totally legitimate. But the key is, is how you build that tribe around people that are going to support you, buy your products, and do all those other things that's not based just on sales. Right? And so it does take time. You have to be somewhat vulnerable as a company, you have to kind of open up the the, uh, the the back door a little bit and say, "Okay, this is what we do. This is why we do it. This is our this is our process. This is uh, our our our, our uh, founder story. These are all these things." And you have to constantly be hitting that instead of "Here's product, product, product. Here's price, price, price." Right? Because if you do that, then you're forcing people down that path, right? And you never have the opportunity to build a true tribe. Right? Because the question is, if you were to raise your prices by 20%, what would your sales do? Would they die? I don't think they change much. Okay. So that's your tribe, right? That's your tribe of people that are not making a decision based just solely on price. Or that they're convinced that your product is going to help them and that if I just go to wherever and buy shoes, it's not going to help me, right? That's, that's where you're starting to build that tribe up. So you just have to invest in the other side. Does so that make sense? OK, let's leave that topic for a second because, man, we're going to go through uh, time really quick again. So the other concept I want to talk about is, is well, let me ask you this. Why do people text and drive? Is it because they want to be dangerous, because they want to run over kids? I mean, wh- why, why do they text and drive? They want to get two things done at once, done at once right? Right. Um, who here listened to some kind of a podcast or book or something on their way in today? So did I. Why? Because I don't have hardly any other time today to listen to the podcast and things that I'm a, I'm a member of a tribe of, right? And so as I'm driving over, I've got this 15-minute drive, I'm going to listen to a podcast, now, for those of you that have been in my class all year, I've talked about video, 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 right? Video was the big thing for 2017. I still believe super, super important. But I'm being convinced that 2018 is going to be about time, that you have got to find a way to respect your tribe or your customer's time better. You've got to find a way to fit yourself and their schedule a little bit easier Now, there's not one magic thing that's going to work for everybody. You've got to figure that out for what is your customers. But when we're talking about sending somebody a newsletter, what's the reality that somebody gets a newsletter from you, from from real estate, and they're going to sit there and read your your 10-page newsletter? Unless they're actively looking for a home, right? And they're really into looking at houses. They're probably not going to do that. Right? What's the what's the chances if you write the importance of of high quality PVC when you do plumbing that someone's going to sit there and read that? Nobody is. Right? Matter of fact, they're probably going to hate you so bad they're going to make you spam. Right? That's the key is that we have to respect their time. And so there's a couple of key things that you've got to remember. Matter of fact, I think they're the secrets to sending an effective email, email newsletter that are absolutely crucial. So. Here's where you start taking notes. So the first thing that you have to do is you must match your audience. Now, for those of you that know me or that I work with, you know how important demographics are for me. Every customer that I work with or every client that I have we spend a ton of time measuring exactly what the market is that they 're selling to, having a, a really an intimate understanding of who their perfect buyer is for their business and product. If you don 't understand that very well you 're not going to be able to do not only newsletter uh, email marketing very well, but you 're probably just not going to do marketing really well and so what that forces you to do is just kind of take a shotgun approach where you 're just going to run like a, a random radio ad, and you're going to hit everybody because you don't have any idea who you're actually talking to. One of the most common things that I hear when I, when I first work with somebody is that I ask them, Who is it that you're uh, marketing to? And they say, Well, everybody. Like, I'll sell to anybody. Like, right? real estate, I'll sell to anybody, right? Anybody that's got uh, money in their hand. And I said, No, not who you'll sell to, who are you marketing to? And there's a key difference there that you've got to understand is that, of course, you'll sell to anybody that will buy your product. But unless you have that intimate knowledge of who's going to buy the unshoe, because there's a specific person, and we've talked about this, right that's going to buy your product or your high-end real estate or your golf course real estate, you know whatever it is that you're going to do. You're the real estate guy. I keep looking at you real estate. okay I may make you uncomfortable that I'm talking to. But unless you know who that person is, um, you're going to spend a ton of money on traditional advertising, right? If you do know who that person is, now you can start custom tailoring what that person or market is going to really want. So it may be that you match your audience. And I'm going to put tribe here because you figured out what they really love. And you're going to decide, oh, you know what? They want a very video-centric newsletter because they're the type of person that wants to see my product being produced, or they want to see a case study of how our business tr- uh, changed somebody's life, or they want to see what the process was when there was a major disaster and somebody's houses houses on fire, kind of a problem, and and the plumbing people came in and fixed it. Like they want to see that stuff. And if I'm if I found out that my tribe is that kind of person, what am I going to invest in? I'm going to invest in that video, right? And I'm going to deliver, because newsletter is just a delivery mechanism, I'm going to deliver that uh, video uh, piece of content to them via a newsletter and Facebook and a million other things, right? Because I know that's what my tribe wants to see. It could be that you find that you've got somebody that wants just photos. Um, Photos is... is one of those things that people can, that's why Instagram is so popular, right? Because photos is something that's kind of non-committal, right? Go ahead. Um, on the video thing, Yeah. if you do a Facebook Live video, like I know you can like save them and do mm-hmm. a you mm-hmm. can to do that. You like save
1: them and send them in your emails
0: or... Yeah, you can download a Facebook Live video. But, mm-hmm.
1: like, do you find that effective
0: or have you done that? Or... So here's my thing with Facebook Live. Facebook Live is... I love it and I hate it. And, and, it, and those of you that are on my, my page, I do a fair amount of Facebook Live. Matter of fact, Joe, you gave me a shout out on my Facebook Live I did the other day. Thank you. Um, Facebook Live is awesome because it forces you to put on your A game, right? Like forces you to just do it and not get into editing hell, like ooh, editing heck that we do so often, right? Because OK, good. So it, it forces us not to do that because how often have we said, oh, I've got this awesome idea for a video. And I want to do it, but then I'm like, oh, then I don't have the right lighting, and my camera's not quite good, and I just, you know, I got it. Like, it forces you past all that stuff and just makes you do it. So that part is really good. The hard part about Facebook Live is all of those other things, right? Sometimes we have a tendency to kind of rush a little, like rush the content, and it's not as high-quality content as what it maybe would have if we had really thought through it. And so yes, I think that if you've done a good enough job preparing for your Facebook Live and you actually have a piece of content that your tribe is going to care about via case study, which, which in my mind, your world would be case studies and, oh my gosh, this changed this person's life so much, that kind of a thing, then yeah, absolutely. I'm going to download that sucker and I'm going to put it uh, through, through my newsletter. I'm going to host it on my website. I'm going to do all those different things. right? Who here's done Facebook Live for their business? A couple of you guys have been successful. Those of you that have done it.
3: My husband, like, had an anxiety attack about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: Because ours is extremely visual. Everything we do is very visual. Yeah. And so it makes him feel like a show pony. Because sure. he's the one who does all the tricks and stuff. Yeah. So if he screws up, he's yeah. just like, ah, everybody's going to hate <laughs> think that I'm lame. Right.
0: Or think that he's human, Right. Well, no, probably just lame. Okay.
3: <laughs> when I watch people do it, it seems like as soon as
0: they hit life, then they want to start talking.
3: Yeah. But I noticed this one guy gets on, and he sits there, and he plays
0: music. Interesting. to each
3: person as they come on. Yeah. For about
0: 60 seconds. Totally. That's got me so nervous. Yeah. <laughs> like so uncomfortable, like when there's like awkward silence as for a, he's a while.
3: random music and he's showing crap on his desk. And he yeah. Sits there. And then after so many people get on, then he starts to talk. Interesting. And I think that is kind of like. As weird as it is, if you could capture those 60 seconds and
0: just chill out. Sure. And then start. Very working. interesting. Yeah. Be an interesting test, right? I would agree. Yeah. Uh,
3: no, just a, a Go just someone does that, I stop
0: <coughs> Because of why? Because of time. Because of my time. Right. right. Because of time. Yeah. Um, no,
3: I just, I'll sit there and I'll watch my friend. She does, she does, actually, I think she does kind of what Mike does. She does like business consulting mm-hmm. and stuff. And she gets on and she's like, oh, hi, so-and-so, hi. And she's looking at her phone oh, hi, thank you, oh, thank you, you know, and she's doing that, and then, and I just am like, what are you doing? This is so boring, I don't want to watch. Yeah. And so I don't, even, even if it's, unless if they're doing something related to their business or something yeah. fun or funny, I think it's it more boring.
0: Here's the thing. Thank you so but, much for illustrating my point, because that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah,
3: I'm going to say it's by person. Totally. Because might be totally different, you might enjoy that. Because,
0: I, because I, I, if my audience is your audience, yeah. and a lot of your audience is is maybe a more mature, right? Is that a safe word to say? Yeah. Um, or that's a segment of your audience. Yeah. They might not be rushing from meeting to meeting in their career, right? They might be hanging out on Facebook looking for something to watch. They're tired of kitty cat videos. Oh, I have 60
3: seconds to wrap up whatever I'm doing. Because yeah. usually when someone starts, up, they, I can't stop what I'm doing. You sure. Watch it.
0: Like, yeah. that's nice. I'm you should try, try it. Why don't you try it and report back to us how it works for you? And I want See, that's the thing is I'm going to commit you to do it.
1: I'm when they yeah. it later and I have time, right. I'll watch it and then I can scroll to the part that I, you know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah, but again, it's, it's, it's depending on who your audience is, right? Because if my audience is just hanging out at home and spending way too much time like my mom, right? Way too much time on <laughs> Facebook, right? And she's a buyer then she's looking for something to fill her time, right? She's looking for that. And so she, she totally would be the right person to talk to. Spencer? Yeah, so um, every now yeah. Kind of this groundbreaking
1: event, you know, the old sure. and
0: stuff. So we take this picture and we post it and then I usually boost it. Uh-huh. Well, I've done this on and off, not consistent. It could be better, but um, I've done this on and off for the last probably 18 months. So I did it this last week, um, of some people that knew Harmony, and then I tried boosting it. And then it has that, you know, 15 minutes to review to see if it you know yeah. makes their policies. And he kicked it back and said it's not approved yeah. because it could be part of this. Um, multicultural
2: Affinity yeah. Program. Yeah. And so I googled what
0: that was. CFO, I guess, of Facebook changed some policy yeah. or something. Yep. Anyways, I tried appealing it. This went like three different times. Mm-hmm. And and they keep just kicking it back. It's inter- That happened to me as well, actually. Uh, and it's never happened before. Yeah. I've never got the boost unavailable button ever before. But I got it this week, as a matter of fact. Yeah. You know, And we know why right if you turn on the news like facebook ads is has been really controversial for the last couple of months from the election to there was a bunch of like Nazis that did a bunch of things and because of all of that facebook is being super like hypercritical because that's their baby like that's how they're making just a gazillion dollars Right? And so, whenever, if your whole strategy is based on Facebook, you've got to be on it. You've got to be on it and you have to know what's going on. Because even just a couple of months ago, when I talked in this class about how you could target through Facebook ads, like the next week, it totally changed. And they eliminated all those things that used to make me a Crazy amount of money, right? Because it was so easy to target. And then they made that unavailable. And so Facebook is kind of totally knee jerked the other way. I think over time, as they get out of the news a little bit, that's going to be re released because Facebook is a marketing engine, is really all it is. Um, But at at this point, yeah, it's like every day seems like something gets pulled off and you're not able to. Like, I think I tried to send a link in mine to the class I'm teaching in Kanab and it wouldn't let me boost that post. Because it had an an outbound link, which is crazy, because that's the whole purpose of of Facebook. So, so thanks for bringing that up, and the, and I think we're going to continue to see that. And so the hard thing is that sometimes it's hard to find exactly why. Like I clicked on the uh, boost unavailable button to find out why, and it was like could have been one of a million things, right? And so I could never. And who do, who are you going to talk to? Like like it's hard to find somebody that you can really figure out exactly why. So I just kind of pivoted, got that same message, tried something else. and For me, I was able to run a traditional ad and it worked just fine, even though it was basically the exact same thing. Like I couldn't boost it, but I took the exact same thing and made a traditional ad through their ad network, and it worked just fine. So, I don't know. It worked though, so that may be something you want to try. Okay, so let, let's move on before we get too caught up in this. You may find that it's, that it's new products. Again, if you're high retail, that's going to be something that's going to be pretty important. If you've got that tribe, you may want to utilize your newsletter to release new products, and that's what they're going to want to see. Okay? Another one would be um, messages from their charismatic leader. Now, I've talked about this before, but just as reference, I do believe that every successful business has a charismatic leader behind it somebody that's willing to step up to the spotlight and it's not always the owner like not always your husband right maybe he's a little sheepish in front of the camera or whatever and so he has to rely on somebody else to be that charismatic leader if i'm a realtor then i just have to suck it up right because i got to be the charismatic leader for the for my tribe they have to rely and depend and trust me as their leader and so it may be a message from that charismatic leader. Did anybody see the the CEO of Patagonia release that big political statement about about Trump doing the the Utah Grand? You know, wherever you lie on that doesn't matter. But he is talking to his tribe, and it's a pretty specific tribe, right? And probably alienating a whole bunch of other people that may have bought their products. But he drew a line in the sand and said, "I'm going to invest in this tribe, and I'm going to make this political statement." and we're going to put it out there for everybody, right? And so that was a bold move. Go ahead. So that
1: message can be in regards to anything, just
0: whatever. Sure. Yeah, because, again, if, if I'm convinced that, that your boss is the god of unshoes, right, and he had this, you know, this epiphany, and he created this awesome product, and I want to I know about him and why he did that, and especially if I'm really into the big backstory, which I actually think for your industry is really, really important. And I'm invested into that. I totally have an identity with him because he's now an influencer in my life, right? And so again, maybe the podcasts we listen to, those people are kind of influencers, right? We want to know about what their views are on different topics, with business or whatever, but we also want to know about them right? Like we're invested into them. Go ahead. We don't have
1: a, a ton of responses on our Facebook page always.
0: Yeah.
1: And he did a post on like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving basically saying everybody was supposed to take these days off but because we have fallen behind because of this issue, everybody in production has chosen to come in and work today and he put that out there and then kind of talked about being thankful for everything and you know, all that kind of stuff. And it like got us a lot of responses. Yeah. We had a lot of connection with that
0: post. Yeah. Now, I would love to send you a bill and tell you that that was the reason, like, but that that's your answer, right? Like, that's what you got to do because in your business, that's what it's all about. It's not really about the products. It kind of is, right? But it's really about, it's, it's about the why. And you guys have a unique opportunity, much easier for you than it is for you, right, To as a plumber, to really define what your why is. So, if you don't, if you don't take, Advantage of that, you're going to spend a ton of money on traditional marketing trying to convince people otherwise, right? When you can just connect with that why. Go ahead.
2: Our big thing is um, informing people that not all plumbers are created equal. Yeah. And we've experienced a lot in the last few months of people coming up from Vegas and California installing water softeners, and they're, it's like a magnet kind. Yeah. And people think they're getting this water softener, and they spend like $3,000 on it. Right. And they're not connecting them to their house. Right. They're not even, they don't even work. Right. Most of them don't even work. People are installing water heaters. They're not up to code. Some of them were surprised they haven't exploded. Um, they're not, you know, and people are like, oh, well, they were cheaper. Well, yeah. they were cheaper for a reason because right. some of people are first-year apprentice plumbers. Sure. They're not master plumbers. Right. Like, you know, and so our big thing has been informing people that not all plumbers are created equal. Yeah. And that, you know... Just because someone says they're a plumber doesn't mean
0: they yeah. are Yeah, and and that and like we've talked about so often, it's yeah. that's a difficult argument for you to make, right? Like yeah. it's critical that you make it, yeah. but from a consumer standpoint, we're like, Yeah, right. You know, yeah. a plumber's a plumber's a plumber, a realtor's a realtor's a realtor, right? Yeah. Like like that's what we think because again you're commoditized, right? Yeah. And so I have to spend a ton of time convincing them otherwise, right? And, and again, in my opinion, that's where the charismatic leader has a cape and, and tidy shorts, right? And he comes, flies in, and he becomes the superhero because he's that charismatic leader that says, no, this is why we're different. Like, people. like
2: So we get a lot of handymen in town that sit there and are like, well, I did do come work. Yeah. Well, you're not licensed, you're not insured, you know, and try not to come off and being like, cause my husband gets pretty pissed about it. And, you know, he gets actually gets really pissed about it and and if you talk to him he, he has a hard time with school. Sure. And um, and not stepping on their toes and making them feel belittled or like some people because people don't know. They don't know that like, yeah. that people go to schooling to do this sure or stuff like that. Yeah. So you have to make sure when you're doing stuff like that you're not dumbing your audience totally and them belittle. Like yeah. when you're being informative, like you think you might just be like, Oh, we're explaining something about a shoe or something like that but like how you wear things could come off to some people as being
0: like, for sure yeah. So here, here's your safety zone, in my opinion. Yeah. And again, I think it applies to anybody that's in a commoditized business. And in the world of the internet, a lot of us are in commoditized. I'm in a commoditized business. I'm not the only business consultant in the world, and not even in Cedar City. right? And so my business is commoditized as well. And so you have to rely on something that's a total safety zone that can say almost anything, and that is other people. right? That's why I love case studies so much. That's why I love testimonials so much. That's why I love reviews so much because I can tell you that I'm awesome. Like and I am. I mean my mom thinks I'm awesome too, right? Like I can tell you that all day long, but when somebody else tells you that I'm awesome, that holds a tremendous amount of credibility. Or when somebody else tells you that I'm an idiot, that holds a lot of credibility, right? And it's going to make you second guess you didn't eat McDonald's because you probably have a bad experience with McDonald's. No, probably another reason, but, 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 but it's the same thing, right? McDonald's can tell me that they're awesome. They can keep telling me that all the time. But I can go buy an egg sandwich a lot of places, right? I, don't, I might not eat that egg sandwich because I had a bad experience or somebody told me they had a bad experience. That's the same with every one of your businesses. That's your safety zone, right? That's your safety zone. Home builders, it's huge, right? You're so reliant on the experience that they had. And it's, it's a nightmare to build a house, even if it's awesome, right? It's still a nightmare. And so if that person, if you can parlay that person and you can become that dirty marketer, right, that's going to take advantage of that scenario and, and make it work for you, you've got, it's your fiduciary responsibility as a business owner to do it. Absolutely. You've got to do it. And I think for every one of your businesses in your own little world with your own little tribe, you've got to do it. Okay? Does that make sense? On this first one, of matching your audience. Is there any other question? Does anybody not know how to, to figure out who their audience is? Kind of? Tell us a little bit about your business.
3: Basically, I bought the business from somebody else okay. because it was something that I wanted to do from home. Okay.
0: Um, Remind us what what your business is again.
3: I sell high quality pens. Okay,
0: the engraving, right. Do engraving. Okay.
3: Um, Primarily what he was doing was uh, Google AdWords, Okay. and I found that that was uh, not working. It was spending a lot of money, and I wasn't getting the return. Okay. And so I'm kind of floundering right now trying to figure out how to get there.
0: Okay? Let's workshop you just for a second. If we're okay, is everybody okay to do that just for a second? Let's workshop your scenario. How does somebody buy your product? What are the steps they go through to to, to discover you and then to buy your product? How do they do it?
3: Well, right now
0: I buying it. Or they're not buying it. it. And <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Yeah,
3: that's, that's pretty
0: much the problem. Well, let's you talk about returning customers. Let, let's let's talk about your old the, the the previous owner, right? Okay, so he would run a, an ad word. OK, and everybody knows what that is? everybody not know what that is? OK, Google AdWords. So if I type in real estate Cedar City, and there, there's going to be a bunch of sponsored things at the very top of that Google query that's going to be all your competition, right? And they're going to say, uh, best realtor ever to walk the face of the planet in Cedar City, right? And click here, because they're going to try to get you early off in that process before I even get to the maps or any of the organic listings. That's what a Google AdWords is. And, and they're, gonna, they're willing to spend, probably in your world, 5 to $7 every time somebody clicks on that ad. Does that make sense? And then it goes to a landing page of their website or something. Okay. So, so they'd run a Google AdWords. They would click on an ad. Why would they click? Did you ever see any of the ads? I did. What, what did the ads say? Were they, were they best priced? They're probably based on price? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. So the ad would be price. Um, and then where would they go? Then
3: just they would go to the, let's say they were searching for a fountain pen. it would take them to a page that listed all of the
0: fountain pen. Okay, so a landing page. Is
3: that landing page
0: your website? Yes. Which is just a page basically that talks specifically about the ad. Could be on your website, could be on a different system, a lot of different ways to do that. Who asked that question? Right, so landing I use click funnels, right, for my landing page. And like you guys did with your life insurance thing, that's a landing page. Okay? So they go to the landing page, and from there they make the sale. They either, yeah, they make the decision. Okay. So have you looked at any of that sales data? <coughs> to Meaning that was it sent to a home, was it sent to a business? Like what were the engravings? Were they congratulations on something, or were they a business logo, or what? What was the what was on there?
3: Um, I don't <coughs> have specific information.
0: I, I can. Can you get that information? Because you look past it, at back orders. It's possible. Okay. I would think for you that would be an absolute necessity. Do you have? Is this on your? Is it hosted on your website, or is it a different uh, system that? The landing. Page, the landing pages. It's on the website. Okay. So do you have Google Analytics set up on the website? Do you look at the analytics? Uh, yeah. and if the answer is no, that's okay. I won't be too upset. Well, I'm kind of upset. I, like Google a- Analytics pr- is going to answer all of that for you. right? Because I, at this point, I don't know, is it a small business that's just ordering a little run? Or is it a massive business that bought me just because of price? And a pen is a pen is a pen. right? right? And until I know that, I have no idea... This, I've got no idea this, right? And so I would be nuts to spend even a penny in marketing until I knew all that, right? And so you've already bought the business, you're already invested in it, right? And so the due diligence has to be done after, unfortunately, before, right? So you've got to dig in and get every piece of data that you can possibly get. And if you can't get anything, the fact that you have Google Analytics might be enough. Frankly, because that did did you install that Google Analytics account or that was before uh, <coughs> the previous owner the did it? The
3: Previous owner did it, but didn't share that information with
0: me. Okay, so do you have a login to the Google Analytics?
3: I I, I currently have one,
0: yes. But is it a different account than what he had? Yes. Okay, that's unfortunate. If you if you could get the other one, it would give you all those AdWords data. That would be pretty crucial. But but even if not. What you're going to find when you go on the analytics is going to answer a couple of questions. And this is applicable to everybody. Number one, is anybody even going to the doggone thing? Is anybody even going to the site? right? And if they're going to the site, how many pages deep are they going onto the site? Because if they're just going to the home page and they're bouncing, then I know I've got to do something to engage them on the home page. right? How, what, where would you rate your, scale, uh, your website on a scale from 1 to 10 right now, 10 being the best? With regards to what? Experience. User experience.
3: User experience.
0: Uh, it's. When was the last time it was updated?
3: It was updated with regards to. Like the design,
0: the, the feel. Design, yeah. With,
3: within the last year
0: and a half. Okay. Okay. So it's hopefully it's in yeah. good shape. Now I've not looked at your website, but but that would be if I've got everybody bouncing off that first page, right. then I got to figure out why. Right? Is it because they have a question? Is that they didn't see the product they wanted? Or was it because it was clunky? And a lot of e-com uh, websites are clunky. right? And so is that my problem? If they're going three pages deep and they're always landing on the same product, but then they're not buying, then I know I have a different problem on that page. right? But the other thing Google Analytics will tell me is, are they men or are they women? Are they 18 or are they 83? Are they in Utah, or are they in Texas, or are they in India? Like Google Analytics will answer all those questions for me so that I can start making some educated marketing decisions on what I want my tribe to be. Because at this point, you're you're a chief without a tribe, right? Like you have no tribe. That's scary. You have repeat customers, right? right? But you may lose those repeat customers if your competition goes to them and says, hey, here's a better pen. Or here's a, here's, a, here's a better price, or whatever, right? Hopefully not. but that may sway them. And so you are in an awesome opportunity in 2018, while the economy's still good, right, to build your tribe through all of that data. right? Because your other, the, the previous owner has at least proved the path. It might not be the right path, but he has proved a path enough to at least convince you to buy the business. right Right? Did that, I don't know if that answered your question or not, but did that help a little bit? OK, let's, let's move to the second secret. Man, I talk way too much because, OK. So the second thing, can I erase this? Yes? The second thing is you have to provide instant and obvious value. So this is secret two. Instant and obvious value. Don't make them search through, wade through a bunch of junk to find your offer. Don't make them go through all of these different pages and whatever to figure out what makes you awesome. Right? It's got to be instant and it's got to be obvious. So how 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 can that be done in your, your businesses? Go ahead. Well, I get a newsletter from a different company, okay. and they've had reliable information, so I actually do look at it most of the time. Yeah. Actually,
1: offer links to like say four or five different articles. Okay. And so they say these are the articles for the week, and then they have a little bit of a, a description on them and a link to each one of them. And then I can choose which one I want to read, yeah. what I want to go into. I'm not wading through this entire email of all of the information trying to go, wait, I didn't need that, but I do want this. I can just look at the, this little thing and go, oh, I want this one and this one. And mm-hmm. read them.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, is that is that uh, somebody else in your industry, no, or just something that that you're interested and in? And okay. Social media okay. Cool. Okay. Who who else? Who else has has something that's an instant or obvious value either that you provide in yours or that you read and you consume yourself? Um, we do. Uh, we compare
2: products, like we tell the difference between buying like um, a price Vista faucet versus. Moen or Delta, or we we supply Wolverine brass. Okay.
0: Um, So we compare products and we will explain why certain parts are better than others. Okay. Like warranties on them. Mm -hmm. Some that have warranties. Yep. Because people don't necessarily understand. They think, oh, I can go to Home Depot and buy a faucet. Right. Right. You know, and it's,
2: we explain why when you go to Home Depot, you can't usually fix them or different things like that.
0: Okay. Yeah, so it's education. Yeah. Essentially, essentially, right? Yeah. Okay. So I, I break them down to education, experience. In a previous life, when I was a marketing director for Sun River down in St. George, we were a big home builder, right? But the thing is, is Sun River built pretty much the same house as Ens Homes and Coral Canyon and a million other builders, right? It was pretty much the same house. We had the same contractors, same thing, right? We were commoditized. Right? And so we had to figure out a way to convince people of obvious and instant value through experience, right? And so if anybody's familiar with Sun River, we had to convince them that if you live there, you were going to be part of this awesome club, right? Yeah, yeah, or you're part of a community. You've got this awesome community center and blah, 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 a million things, right? But we couldn't just sell them on a house because anybody can build a house, right? It was all built on the lifestyle. And so for us, The experience was what we always talked about. And back then, it was newsletter, right? Because this was before social media really took off. So I think experience is sometimes a scary area for us to want to invest in as business owners because we feel a little vulnerable, like we lose a little bit of control of the situation. When in reality, if you can convince them on experience, and again, as a realtor, as a home builder, as anybody that's in a commoditized business, if you can convince somebody on the, on the experience, that's going to make you a non-commoditized uh, product. Because you have a customer that says, oh my gosh, I forget your name. Matt, Matt is, he is so much better of a realtor than anybody else I talk to because he's X, Y, and Z. As a matter of fact, I knew a realtor that his shtick was he would he would fill up their water softener. So he would like pack the salt, and every three months he had it on his calendar. And he had his car. He had this little like Toyota Camry, and it was like weighted down on the tires because he had like ten billion pounds of salt in his car. And he would putter around to every one of his clients, and he would pack in the salt, and he would fill their water softeners up. That was his thing. You know what? That dude had more repeat business than any other realtor I've ever seen because it gave him a reason to go back and, and talk to them. I've seen him do it with, with their uh, smoke detector batteries. He comes and f- fixes their smoke detector batteries every six months, all of these different things. That's what made him a non-commoditized realtor. Does that make sense? So that's more in the experience category. And now he's got people saying, Man, that Peter is the most amazing realtor ever. He even comes to our house and he changes our friggin' salt in our water softener every six months. Go ahead. Are you trying to share with them
1: your experience from the product or are you trying to give them their
0: experience? What you're doing is you're playing the role of dirty marketer and you're convincing your customers. To share an experience. And then you're going to take that experience and then share it to your tribe. Okay? And especially with your product, because it's so community based, right? It, or it should be, that, that it's just crucial, right? Because I want to see that experience that, that somebody that looks like me, talks like me, walks like me, had with your product. And oh my gosh, I've got to have that too, because it would help me so much. Does that make sense? Did I say something? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Okay, so that's the next thing was experience. The last one is um, uh, product and offer. Because let's be honest, as much as I talk about you have all the things you have to do beyond the offer, it's always still the offer, right? It's still what it is that they're going to get. Um, they're, they're going to get because of you. As a matter of fact, as we go into text messaging, you're gonna find that the offer becomes really important because you have the ability to communicate something to your insider group, like like your secret club that you've created within your company, and you're going to give them exclusive offer. right? Maybe you gave it to a million people, but they feel like, oh my gosh, I've got this exclusive offer that was given to me by owner XYZ of company. And I'm going to take advantage of that because it was instant and obvious. right? And they saw that right off the bat with the newsletter. I think we have this tendency. To think of a newsletter in like this long form sales letter that's gonna have all these different links to different um, articles and that kind of stuff. And if your audience is like that and wants to consume that kind of information, then awesome. My clients are not, right? Like I have to be right on point and I have to be really clear about what my uh, offer is and I have to do it right in the first like 10 seconds that they're on my email or they're onto somebody else's email. Okay, that's why it's so critical for me to do that. Does that make sense? Go ahead. I think one of the things that
1: I'm struggling with with the offer aspect mm-hmm. is the only way I know to put out an offer is basically to put out a sale. Uh huh. Um, but we kind of need ways to sort of give them an offer, something that doesn't necessarily give them a reduced price. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, do you have suggestions? I mean, is there
0: no 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 I, 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 it's very difficult right in your world because it is it is product right um, I think there's a lot of companies that do it via um, bundling right um, that's how they they release a new product or whatever, but even that sometimes comes down to price. Um, they can do it in uh, a community perk. Meaning that if you buy this, you're going to get X, Y, Z. It could come through a co-op with another family of businesses, and maybe isn't your business. But if you get this, you're going you're to get this membership or whatever. Like There's other ways to build value into your product that isn't just based on price. There's a lot of companies that do play the role of dirty marketer, and they exploit, and I use these words and they're the wrong words, but, but they take advantage of somebody's hardship and they spin it to a good thing for their company, right so hurricane devastates Texas or Florida or wherever, and they bundle that matter of fact, they may even charge more for their product because they're going to donate those proceeds to to cause, right? Now that's a good thing and everybody thinks that's a good thing, but really they're playing the role of dirty marketer, right? Because they're wanting to to build that credibility and presence of their company, right? So I think that we would need to workshop your scenario specifically and look at, okay, again, who are your buyers, what path are they going on, and how can we provide a better offer to them um, if we're not willing to do price, right? And maybe we just have to be honest with ourselves and decide that price is the thing that's gonna make people Move product.
1: So how often do you, say, change your offer? Um, You know what I mean? Mm -hmm.
0: Like
1: like we have in the past had a thing, if you sign up to be part of our tribe, and ours is actually called a tribe. Oh, okay, cool. Um, (laughs) There you go. So people sign up, then they get like a 15% offer or something Mm -hmm. like that. But he ran that like for a really long time, I'm going to say probably over a year. And so, like, is that something that needs to change,
0: like, on a monthly basis, on, like, every couple months? I can tell you how I do it and, and how, I, um, how I usually have my customers do it, my, my clients. I have them do it based on demographic because most of us don't have just one really tight demographic Um, that's buying from us. Usually we have three to five demographics. That might be a geographic demographic or that might be an age or a gender or whatever. And So I'll usually have a different offer going for each demographic, and I'll typically run that and see just how well it works. If one's working, I'm gonna just milk that offer as long as I can. But if one has become white noise, then I typically have to change my approach. And instead of it being a money offer, maybe it's a co-op offer, maybe it's a bundle offer, maybe it's an insider community offer. And so I'm not necessarily, going from 15% to 25% cuz again you can only go down that rabbit hole so far right i'm going to totally change the paradigm of what my offer is in that scenario but again typically for me and the size of businesses that i'm working with once they have 3 to 5 offers going to different different funnels like different market segments that's typically enough for them to be able to manage and they're not changing them that often if they're so working you're
1: using your demographics and sending out your
0: email to different oh companies. totally I, I'm sorry I didn't make that clear, but absolutely, yeah. I, I'm doing everything possible not to blanket out uh, my list. right? Because again, in, in your world and any of you that's doing e-com and frankly, any of you that are selling anything, I hope you're collecting a bunch of demographic information from every time you make a sell. You might be collecting an email address, but if it were me and I was consulting you, I'd be having you collect a whole lot more. Right, so, as a realtor, if you're using top producer or whatever it is in your world now that is is the CRM, I would be making sure that i 'm creating a profile of what that customer is. Do they have a family uh, you know are they where do they live? How much money do I think they make um, are they You know, from the different part of the country, everything that I could do, so that I could start grouping them in different pools of people, and my offer would be different for each one of them, because my mom is going to respond to a much different offer than what I'm going to respond to. Does that make sense? And so, a company would be really foolish to spend a lot of money trying to meet somewhere in the middle of both of us to try to appeal to both of us, right? Dan, go ahead.
3: Life insurance campaign that we were doing, and we basically just took our whole customer list and sent Send it to everyone out. That we have, right. And the only responses we got were from 70, 65-year-old people yeah. that don't that are, that
0: yeah. product is not for them. And let's be honest, like sometimes you gotta start there, right? Like sometimes you have to just shoot a shotgun to to figure out some of that data because you don't really know. The good thing about what you did is you probably only spent a, a fairly <laughs> probably not very much money at all on putting that offer out there, right? Yeah, it was free. It was just e- email, right, and then the landing page. That's really all it was, and, and your time right. to put it together. But now, when you're offer number two on life insurance now, what do you know?
2: A lot more, yeah. We know how, who, who we need to target
0: more. yeah yeah and, and the thing is I'll get to you just one second and the thing is is if I if I'm looking at my analytics and I've done a good job of segmenting here's our life insurance page which is difficult insurance right because you guys probably just have an American Family sub-page. You probably don't have a lot of data data that goes with that. But if I'm any other business in here, I'm probably hey, oh, here's my business, and here's my life insurance-ish type product that's going to be really applicable to this particular market segment. Now I'm going to look at the analytics just for that page, and I'm going to learn everything I can learn about the people that are on that page. And again, everything I'm talking about here is free. Like you, all, you all have access to all this information already. You just got to look at it. You've got to know where it's at, and you've got to look at it. And then you can start becoming a marketing scientist instead of just a marketing hoper, right? Because everybody bases their advertising on hope. Oh, hope, please, for the love of all that's holy, somebody call on this advertising thing that I did. When in reality, you could be a scientist and say, I know these variables, and so here's my predictive outcome that I think is going to happen. Does that make sense? Okay.
3: So uh, for us, we have this really <coughs> cool tool called a waiver okay. that everybody has to sign okay. when it comes to any of our events. Anything. Yeah, nice. So with it, we collect their email, we collect their address, their phone number, their parents' names, the kids' names. Okay. Because it's mostly kids that do our stuff. So, but I'm at a loss at this point at what to do with, with all the of data. this information. I mean, I have, our list probably is... Now, over five hundred people, our Facebook following is just about to four hundred it 's like how do I communicate something to these people that they 're going to see that 's valuable because they 're all moms, every single one of them is a mom yeah, except for maybe five percent are dads okay but it 's all moms who are the decision makers, and how do I commu- communicate anything to them that they care about mm-hmm. because they 're already so busy and I know from experience that i don't care what people send to me yeah i'm not going to look at it okay most of the time i just get rid of it
0: okay
2: i can tell you as a mom of four children under the age of eight you need to hit when it's cold outside and it gives them something to do and then get like the wiggles out and they can just go and you know do things Mm -hmm. and um bringing in the fitness uh, like aspect of it because moms want their kids to be healthy Most moms don't, like I don't, want my kids just sitting there watching Netflix on my tablet, Mm -hmm. you know? And so you teach them about like their bodies and how they can do things that are hard and, you know, different things like that. And it becomes um, another thing kind of like swimming. My kids do swimming. And it becomes something like that where you're teaching them to do things with like fine motor skills or, you know, their bodies and getting them aware of things. Because most people are just going to be like, oh, it's a gym. Right. Yeah. Well, it can be so much more than that, With especially with winter. Winter, you have a a really good spot right now that you can, mom, kids are driving moms nuts. Yeah. So I can tell you that I would say 90% of my Facebook friends are You're home
0: driving home. your mom nuts. And, <laughs> and they're, they're like, oh, I need mean, do. It's cold. My kids can't go play outside. It's yeah. windy. Mm-hmm. So that's you have a
2: market were on the blog shops the other day talking about how, oh, we need an indoor trampoline place, or which would never work in Cedar, or different things like right. that. And you can cater to that market, that demographic of people that are asking those types of questions.
0: Yeah. So this is, this is how I workshop what you're doing. What, what do we, what, just from what you've said, what do we know definitively about your customer? We know they're moms, right? We know they're moms with kids, That's 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 true.
3: Younger kids, older kids. On the kids. they're usually between six and eleven. Okay. Our biggest age range is eight to eleven. I'm
1: assuming you have like session prices and not just get to sign up and do a subscription type thing, you can
0: just show up and do
3: it
2: once,
0: right?
3: Uh not too much. We have I mean we have open gym. Open gym. But for classes we do. We do um, like regular classes, and it's in a membership
0: format, so it's yeah, thirty-five. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so we know they're moms with kids, which make them moms. Yes. Uh Kids are usually six to eleven. Okay. Uh-huh. We know they're geographically they're probably in Iron County. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What else do we know about them?
3: I even know, know the neighborhoods that they come. <coughs> from. They oh all, man. They all come from Fiddlers, Enoch. Iron Springs, um, and that's about it. Okay. I can tell you
2: exactly where the big neighborhoods are with kids. Like the Ridge subdivision, we used to live over there. We had 300 kids under the age of 18 in our ward.
0: Oh, wow. Ooh. So, who, uh, w- w- so what are you doing with this data, right? And there's probably a few more things we could add to this. Mm-hmm. Who, who here has kids that are between the ages of 6 and 11? Or who has had kids that are between the exactly. ages of 6 and 11? Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So so what is it so let's let's take just you and her for a second. What is it that you would need to learn about what you do to make that intriguing for you? Um, like what what would tip you over the edge? Cuz you you don't have I mean, any time. Convenience, like, like Okay. Making it a date that like maybe like a Saturday, like instead of it being during
2: the week, like maybe do like a Saturday thing. Um, mm-hmm. Saturday. Good. Where they can make it, like, see, I've heard about it. I have a friend that has gone to your gym, <coughs> um, but I don't know anything about it. Yeah. I know one person has done it, and I haven't heard anything about it. And all my friends are moms, and I, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of kids. And I taught elementary school, so I am in that market, and I haven't heard hardly anything. She knows us, because she's our next-door neighbor. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> well, like, our, our gym so is right there. Like, yeah, yeah. her he, gym's next to it. she's... He would,
2: like, I told my son, he's six, he's in kindergarten. I just told him about it. I told him exactly what it was. He knows
1: exactly he's watched the TV shows. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think a really big selling point for you, because people can go to the park and do parkour. Yeah. But not well and not safe Yeah. and not correctly. Yeah. So I think those are things that you can use as a selling point, because... I don't want to take my six-year-old and go, hey, go run up that tree and jump off and see what happens. I want to go, here, go to somebody who has a mat and experience. Now let them tell you what you can jump off of mm-hmm. and teach you how to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, now two years down the line, I may not stay in your gym because my kid can go run off trees now, but a new six-year-old can come in.
0: Yeah, but but here, I, I just want to hit the pause button just for a second because this illustrates something that's wrong with all of your businesses and mine, is that as a business owner, like, oh my gosh, how, how are you guys not doing this? Like, like this would solve your problems, right? Like if you, if you really embrace all this marketing stuff that's like runs in my brain at 3 o'clock in the morning, your business would go crazy, right? But I'm here in, in this ship with all this stuff, and you guys are over here thinking, gosh, I just don't have any idea how to solve my marketing problem. Like, I, I can't connect to my customers, right? And I'm over here saying, hey, I, I'm right here. I'll tell you exactly how to do it. And you're over here like, Man, I just, I, I'm searching, and I can't find any answer to this. So, right? And so we have this divide, right? And every business, doesn't matter what business you're in, you have to figure out what that bridge is going to be. Right, you have to hear it because here you're hearing two moms that are in your demographic, right, and and have have access to a like a huge amount of kids, right. But yet they're not in your gym, right. And so what you have to build that bridge. And in in, in my thinking, it's an education bridge. You've got to build that education bridge. And how how could she educate you guys if, if if you guys weren't in the class? Would you want a yeah a video posted? (coughs)
2: <coughs> like a video on your thing. Uh, an open gym, but with a discounted price. Like, they, we're on the Starving Student Card.
0: See, a, but, like, I buy
2: one get one free and one free. So, like, I don't even, I mean, I. when I look at my Starving Student Card, I don't look. I look to, oh, look at 99-cent codes. I mean, but, like, for me, like, it would be an event. You could do, like, an event where you could be, like, uh... I don't know, some kind of celebration thing. Mm. We have Parkour Santa on December 18th. See, I would, I would market that like crazy. Yeah. And I, would, and I would hit flyers in the elementary schools. Yeah. And te- you can go for way cheap, you can sit there and make a flyer for it, and have each of the classrooms So
0: again, let me, let me hit pause again. Okay, let's hit pause. Because what's happening, and, and we all do it as business owners, we have these preconceived notions of what's going to work. Because you're over here saying, oh, my gosh, we have your answer to bored kids in the winter right right here, like just around the block. I don't know about it. But you don't know about it, right? But we have this preconceived notion of like if we bring Santa in, like people are just going to come like a moth to flame, right? When the reality is as marketers, because for a minute we have to not be business owners, we have to be marketers, we're totally agnostic, Right? Like, like we don't care. Maybe I hate moms with, and that sounds up better. Maybe I hate moms, right? And and, and, and I, I don't want to serve moms, but I have a business that, that goes to that. I have to be totally agnostic, right? Because that's my market. And so I have to get out of my own skin and my own beliefs and all those, whatever. I have to really listen to my potential market to find out exactly what they want. And that is the same in every one of your businesses. You cannot go in with a preconceived notion. You have to constantly be changing it because the rules might change dramatically month after month. And so you have to be able to listen to your people. That's why you're drawing on those demographics of why somebody bought from you in December and is different than someone that buys from you in June. Right? And so next December, you may have a better idea how to market to somebody on buying a house uh, than what you did this year because you were able to pull that data. That's what you've got to do. I'm saying that with seasonal stuff. I just want to know the influx of people coming to southern Utah to visit their grandparents for Thanksgiving yeah. and Christmas is huge. If yeah. you need something to do, yes, sure. Oh, man. I would target senior citizens. <laughs> and guess what? You can, run, you can run a Facebook ad that only targets people that are visiting Cedar City. Did you know that? You can run to Facebook. I, I'm saying this, but maybe they've just pulled it. that You can't do it. But, but as of last night, you could run a Facebook ad of people that live somewhere else full-time and are just here visiting. Oh, my gosh. How crazy is that? Like, you could not do that any, in any other format. And now, instead of me spending $10,000 <coughs> marketing uh, in these other methods where I'm just throwing crap out there, now I'm just saying, OK, Facebook, I'm probably only going to spend like 20 bucks but I'm only going to talk to these people and I'm going to run a first timer special or outer towner special or bring grandma special, right? And grandma gets in for, you know whatever it is, right? But I'm going to be able to tailor that specifically just to that group and I can do that through freaking Facebook. It's amazing. It's an incredible marketing tool. Makes sense? So so I think that, those may not be the answers that we just talked about for you specifically, but you as a business owner, you have a fiduciary responsibility to your business, to your family, to your employees' families to figure that out. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and the tools are there. Go ahead. Totally. If you're going to do a daytime class, I would definitely target some of the homeschool and for types of things. Mm-hmm. And if you're
1: going to do, like say, a late afternoon class, Target the moms who just pick their kids up from school and have errands to run and don't want to drive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Depending on the time
0: of day you have, you can run different different things. that go, hey, let us take care of your kids while you're doing this. Yeah. Totally. Or it could be something totally different, right? Like, like that's, what, that's what being a marketer is, is figuring that out in that process. But if you get stuck in the stage that so many of us get into, it's like I'm just going to flip on the open sign and unlock the door, and just just wait for people to come in, right? You're not going to be in business for a long time. And especially if, you, if things get more competitive, right? And, and again, realtors and, and anybody that's on online home builders, they've had to figure that out because, Their businesses have become commoditized. Your business is not commoditized right now. I would assume you're the only parkour gym, American Ninja Warrior thing, at least in Iron County, Mm -hmm. southern Utah, maybe, maybe not, I don't know. Holy cow, that's scary, right? Because now now we've got some competition that changes the rules a little bit, right? And so now we've got a different set of problems we need to deal with. But that's okay because we're smart marketers and we're going to be able to get through that.
3: We don't market to one another's
0: demographics,
3: though.
0: (coughs) Why? I would. Anyways, I'm a dirty marketer, though. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I I get what you're saying. Okay, so I want to real quick. Oh, my gosh. So I'm going to give you three examples of newsletters that, that are impacting me, that I consume, and why I consume them. The first one, who's here is a Tim Ferriss follower, listens to the podcast, Anything? Okay, so Tim Ferriss is somebody in my world. Wrote the Four Hour Work Week. Can anybody read the Four Hour Work Week? It came out years ago. Okay, so he's somebody that that in my world of, of business and marketing, I follow pretty closely. Now he's figured out that I've got a, a full schedule today, and I'm going to go from this speaking engagement to this consultation right after this one. I got to do. I don't have a ton of time to consume a big, long piece of information, right? Unless I'm driving and I listen to his podcast while I drive. But he sends a newsletter, and his newsletter is called Five Bullet Friday. And his newsletter is, is probably a half of my screen. And all it is, it's probably less than, than 150 words altogether. And all it is, is five things that he's found. That's benefited or wowed him or whatever uh, in that past week. Okay? And so those five things are all links to products or companies or programs or whoever. Now, I get he probably has an affiliate thing figured out with all of those things, and he gets kind of a uh, back-end action. When I go and click on that link and buy their product, I'm sure he gets a piece of that action. I get that, right? But for me, I view him in my life as an influencer, and so those five things that he sends me on Friday is perfect. It's the right length. It's the right data. It's exactly what I'm looking for because I don't have time to spend a ton of time on Google or a ton of money to figure that out myself, so I'm just going to consume that newsletter. sends it every single Friday like clockwork. It comes about 11 o'clock into my inbox every single time. Okay. So he has figured me out because I'm his perfect customer. Okay? That's example number one. Example number two is not me, but is my wife. She loves the Joanne Fabric. Who gets the Joanne Fabric email? Why, why, do, you, why do you get that one? Just curious.
3: It's
0: on, it's on sale, right? Their entire business model is based around not paying retail, right? Like if you, if you buy something at Joanne's, and I've been with my wife standing in line, every single person like brings up their phone or what, like they all have the coupon, right? Joanne's has figured that out. And said, that's how we're going to structure and communicate with our tribe. And if somebody's into that world and they want to buy my products, they're going to be waiting like a, like a dog for, for dog food for that coupon that's going to come every... now. Oh, their man. As you're standing there, right? Like, it's crazy. <laughs> Why? Again, it's the exact same reason that I get my newsletter from Tim Ferriss. Because they know exactly... What turns your crank, right? Yeah, and
3: plus they reinforce it after you pay, and they give you the your sales receipt and say, "Look, you saved." Yeah,
0: exactly. Today. They've totally figured that out, right? And that works for them. Is that going to work for you? Probably not. But for them and their customers and their tribe, it's worked for them pretty magically. Well, I haven't freaking grocery stores done that. <clears throat> it's a good question. Good
1: question. Honestly prices up pretty high. Totally.
0: It's just a marketing thing. I always tell, I try to tell my wife, I'm like, honey, you're not really saving money. I try to have this conversation, right? It's like, wait a second. I'm looking at my bank statement. You're not saving any money. The one thing that they do that is cool
1: over a lot of stores is that you can use multiple coupons. So you can use discount on one item, discount on total purchase. You know, these types of things. So then you really feel like, oh, I got five coupons today. You feel like you're
0: yeah. doing, like, awesome, you know? Is anybody, <laughs> when you're in these scenarios, you kind of picture, like, the marketing executives of Joann's. Like, if they could overhear our conversation. They're like, yes, it worked, right? Because that it did. It totally worked. And they have rooked you. Maybe you don't buy your stuff every time from Joann's, but I bet you at least look, right? You at least give them a consideration every single time. Because if you can save money, you're going to do it, right? Because they figured out that if you're buying fabric and whatever the heck else you buy from Joann's, you're probably a person that likes to make your own stuff, right? And so there's a certain psychographic profile that matches you perfectly. And so as smart marketers, because do do they want to make money like anybody else? Of course they do, that's why they're in business. They've just nailed you as a customer and they know exactly what you want, okay? So that's that's example number two. Example number three is I subscribe to a service for stock photography. Ever, you know, everybody know what stock photography is. It's the, the picture you buy of everybody and they're super happy and they're like super fit and you know eating this awesome food or whatever. And marketers use that to build websites and all that other kind of garbage with. And so I subscribe to a service and every single Friday they send me a newsletter of their ten best photos. That they have on their service. There's no words, nothing. All it is is just the pictures, and the the, the headline um, in my subject line is is look what's hot this week, and from this company. I know exactly what it is. I can click it. I can scan it. And I'll be doggone if they figured me out well enough. And honestly, I don't know if I'm seeing different pictures than maybe somebody else. Maybe maybe a marketer in New York is seeing totally different pictures. But what I'm seeing. Because of their algorithm, because they've how they've segmented me in their system, it's super applicable. And they've probably looked at the kind of pictures that I've taken that I've bought in the past, and they've tailored that email to be pictures within that family of photos, right? So it's instant and very obvious value to me, and it doesn't take me hardly any time. There's like 10 pictures, and I can scroll through them quick, and and I've got the data and I got the message that they gave me, okay? So that's three totally different examples of effective newsletters that, that impact my life. Okay? What's the name of that? The, that one? The last one? Shutterstock. Shutterstock. Yeah, is the one that I use. Okay, that being said, is anybody, before we move on from newsletters in the six minutes we've got left, is there anybody that has a newsletter that they totally love and they just wait for? Probably not, because most companies really stink at it. Right? Don't be the company that stinks at it. Really take the time to figure out those three secrets when it comes to your marketing and the way that you're going to format your newsletter so it matches your demographic perfectly. If you, again, I go back. If you don't have your demographic totally nailed, if you can't answer that question that I ask every single time, tell me about who you're marketing to. If you don't know that inside and out, then you've got some homework to do. Okay, And if you don't have Google Analytics and webmaster tools and a really good CRM and all those things backing you up every time you're making a sell, then you're making a huge mistake as a business owner. You're wasting money that could end up in your pocket because you haven't spent enough time um, dissecting the science of your business. Okay. Does so we have any questions on newsletter before we move on real quick? Dane's got everything he needs, so he's just going to leave. I already know all this. Okay, you already know everything. Okay, just real quick, <laughs> text messaging is tricky, super, super tricky. Why? Because I don't want to get a text message from something that I just don't totally oh, love, right? The only text message that I've only got two text text message marketing things that I'm subscribed to. Number one is my dentist. Anytime there's an appointment. Uh, for me and my family, we get a reminder, right? That you've got an appointment at this time. Make sure you don't miss it. You need to cancel. Let us know. Blah blah blah. It Happens like three days before the appointment or whatever. That one's very useful for me, right? I, I need it. The second one is from here at Southwest Tech in their in their lunch thing, right? Because ooh, that's really good. And so I get that. Anybody else on that one? Okay. So every Wednesday I get that text. I think it's Wednesday they send it out. I get. Yeah, yeah. you you, you, you get it every single week, and it's just the menu for that that week because the the groups, they're trying out different stuff and whatever. And so it's a really useful text message for me.
1: So I signed up for the KB Express one. Okay. And they send one every few
3: weeks telling me that I'm signed up. That's annoying. Yeah. Like, I don't get that.
0: Yeah. Makes no sense.
3: What do you even use to do that? I mean, I'm not going to sit here and text
0: Oh, yeah, you use a service. There's a million services. I Again, I, I use ClickFunnels, and I, I had to keep pushing that, but I use ClickFunnels in, in my world, and I have a list curated of of the people that I send text messages to, which is very, very few because it's really easy for somebody to... To kick you off their text message thing. Because again, every time I get a text message, it's like buzzing in my pocket and it totally interrupts my day, as opposed to if I go to their website or if I um, read their email. Like that's on my terms as the consumer instead of them interrupting me. And so it better be friggin' important why they just interrupted me to send me that text message, right? And so if anybody's considering that, and there's a million services out there, that are actually really inexpensive, like 0.001 cent per text message, not expensive. But if you decide to do that, my advice is that you tread very, very carefully, and you make sure that it has just extreme value. I never put an offer out on a text message, me personally. I never put an offer out on a text message because I can do that more effectively, and less, um, less dramatically. For the people that I'm, for, for my tribe, right? Because my tribe is more important to me that they love me than it is for me to just kind of extract another cell from them, right? I'm
1: actually signed up for part of this and I kind of like the fact that like I get a coupon texted to me, and then if I'm of an Enoch and so if I'm in town and mm-hmm. I remember, oh, I need to stop and get something here. Oh I have a fifteen or twenty percent
0: off. Oh yeah. I'll go while well, I've got that. Okay, so let me let me go to point two because I think that scenario can be super relevant. So I have a client, it's a, a pizzeria down in, in St. George, right? And they're trying to fill their gaps when it's just super slow, right? Because they're gonna be busy from like six to eight o'clock, right? Just because people are eating dinner. But they're trying to <coughs> they're trying to fill gaps in different times. And so the process we're going through with them is that they're taking a segment of their market that are going to be more of the early bird dinner people um, that are of of a certain age. And And we're giving them, making them feel like they're so exclusive that we're going to send this secret offer out to them. Hey, looking for somewhere for for a late lunch? We've got 15% off. You just have to say the secret code of pepperoni or something, right, to get this code. It's not broadcast anywhere else, not on the Facebook page, it's not anywhere. Just come up and just kind of pepperoni, and you'll get this 15% off, right? They're feeling like they're getting this crazy cool deal. But for me, as a 40-year-old dad, I don't want that. Like I wouldn't want that in my pocket, right? That's not going to be enough. It's just going to be annoying to me. My my wife might say something totally different, right? But again, the answer is in the demographics, right? Who exactly are you talking to? Because you, as a mom, as a as a working mom, you have a different set of priorities than what I do. Right, and so that's why that segmentation is so important. If you were to go to every one of your past clients and start sending them a text message of, "Hey, we're going to do one and a half percent commission or whatever," like they would hate you, right? Because probably most of them aren't looking to buy a house right now, and so that would be a big mistake. Now, there's probably a a, somehow a campaign that would work for you, but it wouldn't be that one. Does that make sense? Go ahead. Uh, We do
2: reminder text, so like we
0: like appointment reminder.
2: Yeah, we have to flush out like water softeners mm. and different things every
0: some things have to be new filters every six months. Yeah.
2: People forget, they don't know, they don't remember that their
0: filters need to be replaced. Sure. So we send out text messages reminding them. And do they people. opt into that or how do you how do you get them on yeah, that so list?
2: We try to get them into a <coughs> field. Say for this price will come out and we will it was
0: like a membership essentially
2: yeah we're still working on the logistics of it all but in essence so then they're committed to it and we're committed to setting up a few days a month that this is when we replace people's water filters Mm -hmm. and we have work
0: because again you're not selling changing you're selling time right? because they're going to forget that they got to do that, right? Uh, Let me save you the time to remind you that that we'll just come and do it. We'll let you know we're coming, but we're just going to come with filter hand. We already know the right size. We already know whatever, right? Um, And we're just going to save you the time to do it. Again, it all comes back to that time, okay? Let's let's end it right there. If anybody needs to leave, you can leave. I'll be hanging out here for a few more minutes if anybody has any questions, but uh, let's end it. So next month, We're going to talk about how to construct an awesome Facebook advertisement. We've talked about how to run a Facebook ad. This will be actually how to construct that ad, how to write your headline, what kind of imagery to use, that kind of thing. So it's the first Thursday of every month. So that's January, whatever. Um, And we'll send a link out, or Scott will send it out through. So again, thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. These are great sessions. And uh, again, that's my contact information up there if you have any questions.